what phrases do you remember hearing when you were growing up? Like, what were those phrases that you heard your mom or dad say kind of on repeat? Especially when I was in trouble, I remember (laughs) hearing, why are you crying when the only thing you give you something to cry for? Um, I remember, which I do with my younger daughter all the time. (laughs) I remember hearing, don't talk back. Those are kind of prevalent for me. And look, I had a really happy childhood. And when I first started therapy, I, I said that a lot to my therapist, when we, especially when we started talking about my childhood. Like, I grew up a really happy kid. I never had moments where I felt like I was lacking. You know, I had lots of toys and clothes that I liked and clothes that I didn't like but who didn't. You know, I was in school and I did well and I had friends and I loved my mom. But I do remember, and this is probably something that you can relate with depending on your culture, but I do remember that there was, you know, that whole, like, especially if you're in trouble, you don't talk back, you you can't be rude, because, well, no, it's not that you can't be rude, talking back is considered rude, so of course you can't be rude, but talking back or really replying in anything but a yes mommy, no mommy kind of thing is considered rude. So it's like this whole like respect your elders kind of thing. And, you know, I was never really, uh, at least I didn't feel like I was allowed to express how I was feeling, like verbalize it, talk about it kind of thing. That wasn't really a thing. Like you're in trouble, you get reprimanded, you get punished, go. It's not necessarily like, let's have a conversation of how this happened. Like, let's actually talk not just scream and I mean I definitely wasn't in one of those families where I was allowed to like scream back like well you did this like no I I felt like I would get smacked so let's let's not even go there but I just that's kind of you know how I was raised and that kind of I, I remember how tense that felt like especially when I was in trouble like, I got in trouble, like, I was on punishment, I remember how, like, I felt like I was walking on eggshells, like, I, I felt like I couldn't ask for certain things, I couldn't, like, having a conversation never even came across my mind, like, that was a thing that we could do, so when I became a parent myself, I was actually a little bit excited to use certain phrases that I heard growing up from my mom and other people that helped raise me, <laughs> which is weird to say, but, you know, I did. And then, I don't know, something changed. I started learning more about the child that I was raising, who is not me, but is a lot like me, (laughs) but is not me. And I started looking at my husband, who I was raising her with, and listening to his stories about how he was raised, And we kind of agreed that we wanted to do things differently. And so part of that is in self-expression. I want my daughter to have a better handle on her emotions. But I didn't want to, like, beat her emotions out of her. Not literally, of course, but I didn't want to, like, 
force her emotions to be into submission. I wanted her to have some self-control and to know that her feelings aren't wrong, that her feelings are valid, however she feels, and she can express those even when she's in trouble. And so I think, or at least in my opinion, a good way to do that is to show my own emotions and not just anger when I'm angry or happiness, but kind of just the depths of where my feelings can go. So today on Loose Change, it's technically like a rebroadcast. If you knew that I had a YouTube channel, don't go find it. Uh, Don't go find that. (laughs) But um, a few months back, I just started a YouTube channel and I had a video called why I told my five-year-old that I was sad. And it talks about this moment where I was just hit with a wave of sadness and my daughter asked me about it. And, well, you're about to listen to the podcast so you can see where it goes from there. Um, But yeah, I wanted to include the audio in this because I think it's relevant to change how my daughter changes and how my feelings change and her feelings will change and how we can kind of manage change together. Hope you like it. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay today. Today I'm okay. Last week, I I wasn't. Uh, last week was pretty hard. And that culminated in me telling my daughter that I was sad. She's five. And I told her that her mother was feeling sad. So let's go back a little bit. Uh, I started therapy for the first time um, in November of last year or so. What I really like about being a millennial is that we are very open about talking about mental health and self-care and the importance of taking care of yourself. I think as a mom, we're definitely expected to sacrifice more, to give a lot to our children, to sacrifice our bodies, our minds, our health, you know, all of that, give, give, give to the family. Um, And that's taxing, it's a lot. And that for me, that giving really came to a head when I had postpartum depression. When that hit, I started going to therapy um, last November. And, you know, it was a lot. My thoughts spiraled all the time. I was having panic attacks and going into hysterics. And it wasn't a constant thing. So, you know, sometimes I would look fine, but I was just always at a, I always felt like I was at a constant low state. And then sometimes it would just get really bad. But I, I worked through it. I stayed in therapy once a week and um, we worked on strategies until. It just went away and that's not the case for all depressions but postpartum in particular it's it's kind of a temporary state right so i came out of postpartum and um i was thinking okay let me stay in therapy because i know i'm not a perfect person you know 
it'd be good to work on myself. Let me go ahead and stay in therapy, right? And so I did, and I was at every two weeks because I was in such dire need to talk to someone, right? And um, then I kind of let it lapse. Uh, you know, I got busy, you know, as we do, and uh, I just stopped going. And then last week, I had a really good and really hard conversation with a good friend of mine and she kind of held me accountable for some areas of my life that I do need to work through that um, I just haven't been. And it was really hard to hear, but I needed to hear it. And so I took that in and, you know, yeah. And then also I, I've been taking this class um, once a week and basically it's about how to care for others, right? especially at their low point so when they're dealing with loss and grief and death and you know just really how to help someone who's hurting and uh it made me realize that one i do have a deep desire to help and care for others and two that there is a lot about myself that i need to work through and grow from the bible says it's that our one of our main calls is to love God and love others the way you love yourself. So to me, part of that means that I cannot really fully love others the way they need and want to be loved if I can't love myself. So I had hard conversations with my friend and then I went to a really, really hard class and then I went to a therapy session after a very long break and had a really hard time. And so I came out of work that day feeling really low and sad and just low. And I hadn't felt that low since I was in a depression. And unfortunately that night, I had already known Dave was gonna work late, but Dave had to work late. So when I got home, and we're around the dinner table. It's just me, Aria, Malia, and my helper, Mary. And I asked Aria how her day was, you know, and she tells me she's so excited. And then she goes, Mommy, how's your, how was your day? And I felt like I had two options. I could say it was good, it was fine. Thanks for asking. Or I could be honest and so I want to explain a little bit about why I told my five-year-old that I was sad. Okay, I think part of what we do as parents is that we want to give the best to our kids. We want to shield them from pain, give them all the good things in life so they feel like they have the best opportunity possible to get where they need to go into adulthood. And that's totally fine. But I think we do that at cost to ourselves. I think sometimes when we do things like that, we show that we are, you know, we show that as adults we are strong, as their parents we are strong and we can, and stable, we can take care of them, and that's great. But we also show them that nothing can phase us, nothing can touch us, and they will get to that point someday. And that's not actually real. That's not true. Because we're not untouchable, we're not immortal. There are going to be things in this life that we all face. And that's not to say that they shouldn't have good times while they're kids and stay young while they can. 
That's not to say that they need to know all about, you know, the bills that we're having trouble paying or the new house we have to find or, you know, our sick grandmother that we have to care for. They don't need, I'm not saying that they need to know all of that right away, but they should have some insight into our feelings because that's something universally they will feel from infancy is feelings and emotions, right? I mean, you've seen Inside Out. Babies have emotions. They've got a lot of them. Toddlers especially, they have big emotions that they they really struggle controlling. And that's why toddlers are so unruly and hard to deal with. And that's why they call it the terrible twos because it is terrible because they've got a lot of big feelings that are new to them and they don't know how to control them yet. So they just, just lash out in very inappropriate ways. We can talk about that another time. Kids, my kids have feelings. Their parents also have feelings. So what a comfort to know for them that they're not alone in how they feel, that they're not fully out of control. And so I told, one of the reasons I told my daughter that I was sad was that I gave her something to relate to me with. She gets sad, she gets sad all the time. She comes back from the playroom and the kid didn't want to play with her and she's sad. And I get that, mommy gets sad too. And what an opportunity I had to show her in a moment where I was sad and how I was dealing. Especially since she asked, right? It also is a bit freeing for me because that means that I don't have to go and hide and cry in a bathroom by myself. I don't have to weep in my kitchen and pray that none of my girls come in. I can be open about how I am feeling in the moment and share that moment with her. I think it also allows my children to participate. And granted, we do have boundaries. You've got to keep it, you know, according to what your kid can handle, what is age appropriate. But, uh, and I wasn't like actively crying at the dinner table, but I was very sad. And so I shared that with her. And I think that allowed her to participate in the conversation. It wasn't just something she was watching from afar and had no part in and no matter what she, how she would want to help or know more about it, she, was, she wasn't being kept on the outside looking in. So what she did was um, started eating her food a little faster to show me that she was a very good eater tonight. And she did little things that she, I think, the way I interpret it is, it is that she was doing little things that would make me happy. She was trying to participate in making her mom feel better. And maybe she's trying to also mimic how she feels that we help her when she's feeling sad. And how special is that? That I got to feel cared for by my five-year-old. This little girl, this brilliant little girl that I give so much into and I pour so much into. She was ready to start giving that back to me. That was really that was something and I also had to tell her that it was okay that mommy was sad right now that I wasn't gonna stay that way that I would feel better at some point I don't know when um, and that she didn't have to try to make me feel better though I totally appreciated her completely clearing off her plate fantastic I wanted Aria to also kind of understand or get and get an idea that 
it wasn't her job to try to make mommy feel better. And it was, I, I love her for trying. It really meant, it actually really meant a lot to me that she tried. I'm really raising a caring daughter. I didn't want to hide my feelings from her. I didn't want her to think that she's the only one who has feelings. I gave my daughter the opportunity to participate in my sadness. I gave her the opportunity to care for me and to express love. And yeah, I don't think I would change that. So that's why I told my daughter that I was sad. I think that's where I'm going to end this video for today. Um, it's hard being a parent and caring for others. Really, honestly, if we're getting down to it, it's hard being a person. And uh, the least we can do is just try to get through it together, right? This is something else that maybe you can relate to. Know that you're not alone in feeling sad. Um, or maybe just a little validation that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try new things. You're not gonna get it right. I don't always get it right. <laughs> I definitely don't always get it right. But, uh, you know, you could work through it. I feel the need to add a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. I love how I was raised. I love my mom. She's absolutely amazing. And mom, in case you're listening to this, we've had these talks. <laughs> we talk about, you know, what it's like being a mom, especially now we have this thing to relate to each other on. So you know that you were a great mom. Or at least I hope that I have reinforced to you that you are really a great mom. Okay? Mom, don't be mad at me. Okay, I love you. Bye.